You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzoy Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizvodaisa. I'm here with Rabbi Yisif Gavriel Bechofel. Yes, we're here together. Rabbi Goyen. Shneinu, yes, in our seventh decade, pondering, pondering, pondering. With so much nachas as podcasters and virtual rebbeim, it's gewaldic. But I think both of us realize, Riesif, that there exists for people of our vintage and people even um, 10 years younger, even people in their 50s, there is a prejudice uh, that we know is there in the secular world of hiring people uh, of our age, um, even if we have years of experience. But especially, and it's hurt so much when we see it really taking hold and it's become so common in the Torah world, in institutions, whether it's as, as, as a Rebbe in a high school or Rebbe in elementary school, um, there has a, a distinct prejudice against hiring someone uh, in their late 40s, early 50s. Uh, youth is paramount. They want it. They want someone they can get a good 20 years out of, if possible. And with the aging of America and the world, there are so many people who, when we were growing up, would have been that are now Baruch Hashem through, because of medicine, because of life expectancy differences. There's people out there in their 50s, 60s, who do have the, uh, the, the, the vitality and energy and desire, but are not able to actually get any sense of Parnosa. And we once, I think, had a briska daraisa about having a koilu for older people. And, and, and not just a koilu for uh, you know, retirees, but for people like that. But let's, let's address the issue that makes these people want to look for a koilu, is they can't find Parnosa, even in the areas that they, Rabiasef, had, had experience in, areas where they had been rabbeian. And maybe because there was some changing of the guard uh, the yeshiva merged with another place, something happened, a new director came in. Those older Talmidah uh, Chachamim, in many cases, have been shunted to the side and are now part of a workforce uh, that is either just waiting to retire and live off of some social security or doing what both you and I did, which is doing a whole bunch of patchwork um, uh, part-time jobs in order to really to make up for a full parnosa that's been that's been denied. Greater issue, uh, perhaps a greater, an equal issue is that most of the, the moistus which we have are uh, don't put out jobs for competitive bidding, or, or they're not equal opportunity employers, but rather jobs are allocated on the basis of nepotism, on the basis of insider connections, on the basis of. Um, Chavra, uh, Chavra, Islay, and never, uh, very rarely, we find a job as a Rebbe in high school or certainly a base medrash advertised in a way which would uh, lure talented applicants uh, to the position. Again, either nepotism or cronyism is the way jobs are filled in our world. So if you're not, a, not part of a pet family, not part of a network of cronies, 
You're an outsider, regardless of your age. You can be 20. Then you probably would be able to get a job at 60 being a base medicine rabbi. But you're not well-connected. I'm, okay. I'm not well-connected. Okay. So let's, let's, let's devolve from the base medicine rabbi to the high school rabbi for a second. Okay. Okay. So in the high school rabbi, we know that even though there have been a fellow who's been teaching in high school or teaching in the upper classes in elementary school, many of them, and I can list a bunch of them by name, have been pushed out by attrition. A new principal takes over, someone, and, and part of what the reason is, is because they just don't get the modern methods of teaching. They don't get, the, they aren't computer savvy. They can't relate to the new Bacher who has such a, uh, a, a small attention span. They can't go out with the guys and play basketball with them. Or behind that is really something else. They don't project to those guys a type of figure that those guys can look up to and want to be because of the age difference, because of what, whether it's the dandruff on their, uh, on their jackets or the fact that the gray in their beard, there's something about them in terms of lack of youthfulness, lack of, 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 of star power that, the, that these administrators and, and principals and, and whoever they are decide we've got to farm this guy out. We've got to at least, what we'll do is, and I'll tell you what usually happens. What usually happens is he gets a couple of classes cut and then he realizes that he can't make ends meet. And then they, through, through attrition, basically devolves. And I know what happens among themselves is, well, you know, look, we have to think what's best for the Bachram. What's best for the Bachram or what's best for the girls is that they should have a teacher they can relate to. And this person clearly can't, is not up to stuff. Either they can't, uh, they can't be involved in the computer part of the, uh, of, of the teaching. They aren't able to uh, get their records in on time. They're not with it. They don't, they're not either. Well, all these times are good reasons to get rid of them. You're justifying the trend. What I'm saying, I'm just, you, you, you agree now. In other words, you're saying those are good reasons to, to, to get rid of these people? You think yeah. So? Sounds like it. Okay. From the respect of the school. Remember, every single person, Rabbi Yosef, including you and me, have strengths and weaknesses, right? Even you have weaknesses, right? But we know that the strengths that so we have, the strengths that we have, that we, both of us, have many times um, bemoan the fact that we're never really uh, understood or registered can outweigh, look, you, you take a look at, at any sports team. And, you know, let's, let's take a look at probably one of the most successful sports teams of all time, the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, when they went on their second part of their champ, they won six championships. The second part of that championship, that run, uh, was, we all know about Michael Jordan. We know about Scottie Pippen. But the element that allowed them to win those last three championships was a Meshuganet, a person who you never would want to spend time with on a train or to even perhaps be in line with, uh, you know, to get coffee at Starbucks. And that is, of course, Dennis Rodman. So Dennis Rodman 
Did he, did he emigrate to North America? Korea, where is he now? Yeah, I'm not sure. But, you know, you can ask, you're in Detroit now. You can ask some of your, the old time Detroiters. The guy was nuts, but he had a certain talent and they knew how to fit him in. And he was part of that, with all the parts that made him a weird person to be with and negative stuff, they realized, but no one could rebound like him. Nobody could care. Nobody could rebound with such abandon and not care about scoring like he did. So let's now take the Dennis Rodman analogy and, and compare it to many of this amount of knowledge they have. There's a tremendous amount of Shemesh Tamid Chachamim they have. There's a tremendous amount of, 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 of history connected to Rabonim. So does the class need to be so cookie cutter? Does the class need to fill you know, the way you draw it up? You make use of the talent based on what the gifts that person has. And you, allow, you, you show you care about that person, just like Phil Jackson, the coach of the Bulls, was able to do his Zen magic of bringing Rodman out. The principal needs to take a look at the talent these people have and therefore use them. And especially, let me just layer this. If the person has been with the institution for years, what does it say when this attrition issue kicks in and within a year or two, the person's out on the sidewalk? Loyalty, connectivity, all of that means is a certain integrity aspect of the school, which, which gives the school- That is that uh, since schools are more into image management than they are into actual education, for the most part, certainly, but they matter, certainly yeshivish high schools, I don't think they care less about the quality of the, um, you know, uh, the internal instruction, if they can get a big name or somebody who's in the family. So I'm not sure why it makes a difference. You know, okay. to that, yes, Aliba Damas, Klapishmaya, Galio, it should really make a big difference. The fact that we, you have Kishoyness, which the younger Rebbe doesn't have. But who, who's checking? Well, when you, obviously, when you bring someone in, as Rav Moshe writes in his Chuvas, when you bring someone in, you're talking about his Mesira Tatayra, his how much he cares about Tamidim, what his Midas Tavis and his Yerushalayim, all these things are part of what a Rebbe is supposed to be about. Now, you might have a Rebbe, who, again, he, he doesn't have the vigor and energy to go out and play with the guys, but if he has a, a, enough Abbas Tatayra and a Koyach Ahezber, then clearly his shear or his what he does, it, let's assume it's a high school, uh, is works things different. Now the problem is that the 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 schools we have been part of, the modern uh, high schools, do not have that concept of a rebbe. They have a concept of fulfilling a certain uh, right, a certain teaching goal, and let's find the individual that can do it, and let's find the individual that we could pay the least maybe, and the one who'll give us the most years and the one who's most hungry for it, as opposed to someone who already comes with various little bumps and bruises. And I think that's, you know, but-, but, but uh, You know what, if, I, I, I can't disagree with you. But there's other people younger than me or even older than me that are out there on the bread lines, wondering, you know, trying to once again, worry about food stamps and other things like that, because they have not been able uh, to sustain the thing that they dedicated their lives to. Now, it's true, the, and, and this is, I'm not even talking about the modern high schools. I'm talking about in the cottage industry yeshivas that have arisen in Lakewood and in other places throughout the Northeast, 
uh, in Philadelphia and other areas where what they're looking for is a more yeshivish surah, but still they are going to uh, they're going to zero in on the younger person. And I can tell you, by the way, that this is definitely the case in the um, yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael that are the places that these high schools feed, that are these yeshivas, Ameri- yeshivas for American guys. What do you want to do about it? It's not going to change it. What do you, what do you want to do about it? What do I want to do about it? I, yes. I, I, I want to, I, I want, if that maybe someone uh, who has clout listens to Rizcha Daraisa and says this is ageism, and someone with the courage of, of, of the Novominsker or others will stand up at the Aguda Convention and say ageism is happening and we need to decry it. And we need the same way we see that in Hollywood, because of a number of activist people, the face of Hollywood and television has changed totally in terms of the hiring of blacks and gays and people in wheelchairs. The same thing has to be true here. There's an ageism that is cutting away the parnasa of, of thousands and thousands of, of people who could contribute. And days of 1990, whenever it was uh, that we were together, um, the, the money was flowing in such a way and the, co- the, the, the power of our dollars and our ability to buy homes was, was incredible compared to what it is now. So now, you know, people who aren't podcasters, people who aren't doing other things, uh, who are within our age group or a little bit younger are out on the streets and they can't find uh, places that they could continue their craft. I'm not talking, let me say it again. I'm not talking about Rabbeim who shouldn't have been in front of a class. I'm talking about Rabbeim who lost their temper and hit kids or, or, or didn't understand that giving over a, a, a Gemara isn't about saying you're Gishmak alumnus, but making the kids understand. Then about Rabbeim who have a track record, who were good, who, right? I'm not talking about Rabbeim that, that they should have washed out in the first place, although they could hide behind Ramosh's Juba. Uh, I'm willing to be more machmer than Ramosh. To eliminate Rabbeim because they cannot jive with the modern mentality because they aren't able to, to get it in terms of the, the computer work that's necessary, that seems to be a cruel form of ageism. Instead of attaching, let's say, an intern to help the guy with his computer skills and other things, what they do, in, they do instead is they whisper behind their back and they say, how can we get rid of this guy without making the biggest brouhaha possible? And I think that is occurring. And when those guys go to Rabbi Yosef, apply for a new job, there's no way that they are going to even be considered when the young guys coming out of YU and Chafetz Chaim and other places are there and hungry and ready. Say, my Bruce is telling me the following story about this, was going to relate indirectly um, about his, uh, his grandson. His grandson is in third grade in a certain school. It's called School X. So his, his daughter complained to the Rebbe that the, the other boys were bullying her son and they were stealing his pencil lead and some other stuff, I guess. And the Rebbe said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm aware of this. Uh, your son is very sensitive. Okay, so she was kind of taking it back at the answer. So she went to the Manal. And the Manal said to her, 
yeah, your son is very sensitive. Maybe you should speak to the school, school psychologist. <laughs> so my, so my, my, so she was abhorred by this response. So the, um, this elementary school, why do? So actually, the the I think the Rebbe added. Well, yeah, he's a third grade. He, the fourth grade is worse, so he has to toughen up before he gets to fourth grade. So, um, so uh, she was. She went to her father, my Chebrusa, for some uh, type of uh, Asa. And her father said to her, listen, this, this is the way schools are. And you can't complain about it, because if you complain, in a year or two, they're going to say, okay, you know, you're a complainer. We don't need you in the school. We have many other people uh, knocking down our door to come in. So therefore, find another place for your kid. There's no way you can expect the school to actually do anything with Toelis, the child. You have to just, you're gonna, he's going to have to toughen up himself and, and uh, you know, to learn how to stick up for himself because the schools can't be bothered to do anything about it nowadays. So, and this is considered to be a very high level school, relatively speaking. So if you were, that's the situation today. When you have a kid who's bullied, he's expected to fend for himself because the school can't be bothered. What are we expecting the schools to do? Even if you think that this goes back to the story with we have with the, when Sorotkin went to Rabbanu Leib Steinman, that famous video clip, and said, you know, there's a kid we don't want to accept because it's exactly about it, not exactly like everybody else. And Rabbanu Leib said, Gaiva, 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 right? And uh, Sorotkin was laughing in the background the whole time. And the way the Shmuel goes is they found another reason not to accept the kid. You know, they didn't listen to Rabbanu Leib. So, um, I, I I agree with you. Uh, certainly in theory, I don't think we have a disagreement. I think that uh, where there's some need of, of stature to exist, to be able to get up and say something which would actually be meaningful and people actually listen, then yeah, that would be ideal. And you're 100% right about that. But they're not going to listen to Baron Lee Steinman. They're not, they're not listening to anybody. And they don't need to a lot of these places because they have uh, uh, they, they have uh, much more. They have this pr- pr- prestige and they're not concerned you know, especially uh, high school, which has uh, lots of applicants and only accepts a few of them. I don't know what the eight is. I don't think your eight is going to work. I hope, wish it would. I- Let's go now to your to to your other issue, and that is cronyism. And when I was in Mir in 1977, I I was floored. The amount of Russian horror that was justified. They wanted to know. I I was knowledgeable that a couple of different guys. Everyone was coming to my door to find out all these protem about the mindset and how they were and how they think, what's going on, whatever guy he is. Um, the chavrusatumla that goes on is in itself. I felt I, I I was disgusted by it, and yet it was all justified, really, right, for the sake of. Well, look, I got to find my best Harusa, right? I got to find what's right. Um, isn't it clear? And, I, and you've been in a Harusa Tomo yourself, haven't you? You've been in a Harusa Tomo. Okay, only once or twice in the mirror. Okay, okay. And you know what that's like. It's, it's, it's Geferlach. It's Geferlach. We know the Siata de Shemaya that comes from, that from, from being a, a, a Tomim, a Blateach. And, and, and this, the, the week or two of, 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 of really investigating in almost in, in almost a, a cruel way uh, the nooks and crannies of every, everything you can find out about a person 
really is is is, is a steer to tire and act. And this Chazchidish guy admitted that he's also been involved in Chavrusatumling. So really, I, I think what it what it bears out is a justification for triumphalism for Ruman Hashem. Oh, I'm doing this to find the best Chavrus. So both of us both know that the Nefesh this from this type of activity. Okay, because even if you do your greatest investigation, you never know how things are going to work out. So many times you'll have a, a Chavrus that you think is a Shvacher, or you think is someone that isn't up to snuff with you, and it turns out that you have a great limud with him. And even though there are certain things you can't involve yourself in, but there's a certain asmat, a certain kishrayinus that both of, that you're able to be, you're able to bring out, and it, it's a very satisfying activity. Now you, you mentioned again the idea of of of, of cronyism. I, I think what, what happens is is it's a, it's a it's 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 a version of the chavrusatum. I don't think it's a version of, of of just pure nepotism. I think what 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 it's about. Is, is, is a way to sort of glory in the gossip and, uh, as, and to justify it uh, as in terms of who we're going to... The Chayach is a principle which has crept into the Chabrusa um, system, you know, that uh, everybody looks for... There, there is no concept, certainly a place where there's a tumult of uh, helping out somebody who's weaker. Um, there's a survival of the fittest, um, you know, uh, 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 and uh, um, Darwinian evolution, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the system is broken. You're right. These not, this leads to another issue, which is not directly related, but is indirectly related, is that these mega yeshivas are all by dysfunctional by their very nature. The mega yeshivas like the Mirror Lakewood, all these places where, where, which are large, impersonal, not directed by uh, by a hadhola, which has interest in direct interest in the Talmudim uh, and uh, uh, helping them develop in the uh, most um, auspicious and uh, uh, effective way. They're they're a dysfunction of our generation, and then it's just going to get worse. Well, and and when those fellows who are a product of those yeshivas, then somehow through a father-in-law or through some sort of siyata deshmaya and now start their own yeshivas, they're going to pick their uh, staff with the same mentality that they picked their chavrusas during the chavrusa I mean, it's really, it's really a, a development of the same issue. So you're right. Somebody from left field who learned, let's say, in YU, who still right? Oh, I don't know him, right? And where's he from, right? What's going on with him, right? That that guy, you're right, might not get any chance whatsoever. Or someone who who, who was a Baltruva who wasn't part of those same chevra, went to the same uh, malcolm, but is, is is very sharp and interesting. You're right. They're going to they're going to be ma'ayanalov in a way that um, you know is 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 is, is wrong. Clearly. Uh, like you said, it should be a meritocracy. I'll, I'll tell you, um, one of the things that one of the schools I was involved in, and I'm not sure if it was fictional or not, was they would they would get feedback they would from the students themselves. Instead of saying, okay, we're, I'm, I'm hiring my brother-in-law, I'm hiring this guy that I know, they would actually speak with the students and have the students, in a way, talk about what they liked about the model lesson. 
And through that, they were able to gauge whether the person was a fit or not. Do you think that makes sense or that? that Absolutely. Makes-, makes total sense. I agree. I wish there was some way of enforcing that. And, 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 and it would seem, like you say, that that would at least be a step actually gain the most from disparate voices. Now, this is already sounds a little bit like woke inclusivity, but I actually believe it. <laughs> but I actually believe it. Look, you know that I am a, uh, I live in a, a imagined world of the yeshiva that, that's based on my readings. And in my yeshiva, that I live in, uh, you know, I, uh, the base Halevi sits in one corner and the Tziv sits in the other corner. And, you know, and, I, and I'm so happy that there's a yin and yang and a difference, uh, such, a, uh, such a, an incredible sharp difference between them. Um, and look, we talked about Rav Moshe, uh, Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro and Revolvo right, being this incredibly mismatch. But, but we both know that, and we know that those things can work the courage to actually have someone not like yourself, someone who, even if, in terms of Amunas Videos, has a different shita, uh, but it is something that we know is going to uh, promote critical thinking on, on the part of uh, the students. And it's also fun. It's also fun for the fact that there isn't just the same cookie cutter type of uh, Sura that every teacher has. You would you would think that that is something. Now I, I have to tell you, when I spoke to Baruch Chait uh, in Marava, he was very into this idea. He was very happy with an idea of of, of, of a sort of like a kaleidoscope of. Yeah, you know, w- obviously there had to be limits, but he felt this was a very healthy thing, and I think the success of Marava is a testament uh, to Baruch Chait's vision here. Unfortunately, it's not replicated. And, 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 and you're right, it, it, it comes down to cronyism, but I think it's cowardice that's behind it. It's cowardice and a desire for the comfortable. It's, it's, it's what makes the Habrusa Tumul so ugly. It's all part of that same inability to go beyond yourself and to maybe even see potential. Look, both of us have learned with students that had very weak backgrounds, but we knew about their raw intellectual brain power. And because of that, we, it was exciting. And it was actually, <laughs> we were actually happy to be the ones to be the navigators for these raw brainy talents. And, 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 and again, in a similar way, you might be- Which is not appreciated, of course. Right, but but what I think administrators need to do is, in this, in their way, realize okay, there might be this growth arc, but what sort of uh, dividends are going to be yielded after the first quarter? And and it's the same thing. I go back to a sports metaphor. You have uh, you, you have a raw un, a raw quarterback who has great skills, but you need to teach them. And, and you're right, there's going to be those interceptions, there's going to be uh, not realizing what, what the call is, but once you get that person harnessed, the, the possibilities are incredible. 
I and you know Brett Favre and other sorts of people who were wild in the beginning and ended up you know with Hall of Fame career outs of the parents. They're going to hear all those complaints. And this this guy with potential is never going to be able to flower because they what they want is you know. Uh, and, 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 and it's unfortunate that they don't have the, or the ability to articulate to the parent body and even among themselves what they're after. Even I think that's really what hurts the most um, is, is when you know, Rabbi Yosef, that, these, that the people who hired you don't believe in you anymore, right? And they don't, or, or they, they refuse to really back you or they only back you half-heartedly. I think that's really, um, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate byproduct of sad program. Uh, uh, when politicians speak about the Rust Belt and they speak about how areas have become so de- bereft of economic energy, but they talk about doing new things there. Pittsburgh is no longer the steel town. It's now more of a high-tech place. Is it possible that this raw talent of people who have been shunted out, and according to you, Rabbi Yosef, probably aren't going to get the jobs they had, isn't there new areas for them other than podcasting, although that might be for them, like writing, writing for Art Scroll, writing for Feldhart, writing for, right? There's so many projects that are on in the Art Scroll oven and Feldheim, the things to be translated. Is it possible that a good percentage of these can be brought into, uh, uh, into this area? Or do you think it's, 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 it's minimal? It requires, you know, something like Rechnitz or something like that to, to sponsor it. I mean, it's quite possible that you could put all these people to work in talented area, in areas where they have talent. But I don't know if there's somebody's going to sponsor it. Both of us know that there's the Uber editors do a lot. In other words, they, and, and both of us have been editors. So we know that we sometimes get the Heimer from these you know, Talmud Echachamim, and then we then we have to we have to right, have to move, manipulate it. Yeah, of course, that's right. But 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 there's but the process is still there. So they did the the the, the grunt work of being malak at the Myrmakaimus. Unfortunately, their English or their Hebrew was not necessarily up to snuff. But they have enough there that other editors can now work with that. And and, and so it would seem that we don't need to outsource consistently. It would seem that th- there might be some options for these old fogies. Uh, if they have a talent in learning, if they have a talent in understanding, if they have a talent in describing and explaining, and if they could even, even if they're able to put it down um, uh, orally in some sort of recording, it, there are, there's plenty of uh, apps that can take those recordings and turn them into uh, hopefully pretty distinct and clear uh, transcripts that can then that can then be worked on. So, I, I, now, I think... let, us, let us appeal to the per- person, to the, to the people, the illustrious personages who we all listen to this podcast and tell them that we're available to help them out in organizing this great uh, yes. project. Yes, which which I think is really the answer. And ageism, and even when we talk about inclusivity in other areas, the answer is not to come in with a uh, a monkey wrench or a sledgehammer and say, we're forcing you to have these people. The answer is to look at the reality and say, yes, there's a lot. Uh, we shall see you, hopefully, as Rabbi Yosef and I will be another week older <laughs> <laughs> next week as we uh, as we count more gray hairs 
in our respective beards. Take care, everybody. We'll take care of Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 